Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help the fellow Yes, welcome everyone to another episode of Blog Talk Radio uh, coming to you on Tuesday night from The Catch. And uh, we, uh, we love this show. Uh, we love to talk about uh, how our faith connects with the real world around us. And uh, uh, the people we have on here are people who, who practice that. Um, and, uh, our guest today is, uh, no exception. Um, we've had, uh, him on a number of times and, uh, one of our, just from looking at, uh, the people who, who listen, listen in, he's, he's one of our most listened to guests. And, uh, I didn't tell him that, but, um, uh, it's true. Uh, Doug has an incredible perspective on life and uh, as a pastor, uh, but he connects in so many different ways to people and the world around him. He's got a real prophetic sense of where where things are at. And uh, this uh, particular uh, this particular session of Blog Talk Radio, uh, I. When I called Doug, I found out that that he had recently visited uh, Uvalde, Texas. Lives about three hours from there, and uh, uh, attended an outdoor memorial uh, worship service. And uh, some of the people there, and got a sense of of what it's like, what what happened, and what's happening in that community. We want to talk about that. This will be great. Kind of pick his brain and uh, and, and try and figure out what is going on uh, in our country and and uh, what we can do uh, as believers um, to try and hold back some of this uh, incredible evil that seems to keep coming up um, over and over again. So, Doug, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, John. Glad to be with you again. Yeah. Uh, just tell us uh, briefly uh, about uh, about your trip, and um, uh, we'll just jump in here and uh, find out what what it felt like. What what are the people? What are some of the people you talked to? Those kinds of things. Talk to us. Well, like the rest of the country, I was devastated when I heard the news. Yet again, there was another tragedy, this one particularly egregious, an attack on a school. Nineteen children, ages 9 and 10, were murdered by uh, um, disturbed gunmen, and two teachers died as well. Um, We live in Austin, Texas now, and uh, I felt led to uh, – had a connection there in Uvalde about three hours away, and – so we did. We we went down a few days after this, and uh, 
wasn't sure what that was about or what uh, how God might use us if he could, but um, wanted to experience um, a bit of this community and uh, mm-hmm. maybe learn some more about responding to tragedy, which we have way too much of, but we have to respond to it and we have to go uh, through it and get, get past it somehow, if, if that's even possible. Yeah. So um, that was our plan. So we went down on, uh, on, that, on that one day. We were there yeah. because we had a connection with a family who invited us to dinner in their home, uh, a Hispanic family. And uh, they, of course, shared what was happening, and the community was in shock community of uh, 15 to 20,000 mm-hmm. people who live in the area, mostly uh, Latino American uh, people. And uh, so uh, we were there for that. And then later on, as you mentioned, went to a, a service that was held outdoors in the central plaza of the town where a large memorial had been set up and, and uh, people were gathering. How, how long, when did you go? I mean, how long after the tragedy were you there? Um, it was about uh, five, six days later. Oh wow! That we were there. So the okay. first uh, memorial service for one of the children was was happening that day, and uh, so we were there. And uh, no chance for a community even to begin to recover from that. But they they were trying um, to do that. Mm. Mm. It was it was it was it was sad, and it was uh, it was dark, um, and the whole country was focused on this. And of course, some of us went quickly into a political realm, which is unfortunate, but mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. go to go deeper into it, and uh, we just were there for a little bit, um, but we had some wonderful guides who were sharing the experience uh, and, and, the, and the character of this community, which is really a, a wonderful place in so many ways, but, but deeply grieving and just, just beginning to. Wow. Uh, talk to us about that. Uh, you mentioned the character of the community. Let's let's go there a little bit deeper. Well, because we're with uh, in Latino culture, um, it's an hour north of the border there, um, Mexican border, um, and probably you know certainly a majority of the population has roots um, south of the border, but mm-hmm. now a fully American, obviously, and uh, but very family oriented. That's the culture. And so the loss of children and uh, the connection to each other and other families, everybody knew somebody who had been hurt by this. Uh, it was um, it was just a, a mass uh, lament, um, just just beginning. And so we were part of that, and of course had read all about it and felt deeply. But now being uh, not so much at a distance anymore, but being right in the middle of it, uh, it was uh, it was overwhelming. In fact, it was a little bit almost too much um hmm. the, the the emotion was so strong and and continues to be of course after something like this i mean inconceivable with this that this happens that the, our schools could be such a vulnerable place yeah and they were just yeah. learning about uh the uh um inaction of the police at this point so there was a, oh, additional yeah. insult added to the the injury of this yeah. of this uh time yeah uh, uh. What was uh, what was the service like, um, and was that put on by a number of churches or what? 
what was the deal with that? It was, yeah, it was hosted by a particular church, but it was outside and it was in this public space. So there were a lot of people who were milling about, and uh, there was a core that began as we began the worship. Um, and then lots of people joined us. There were hundreds by the end that were there around us. Um, some beautiful music. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be as as uh, mm. as well done as it was. So that was helpful. It really, really, the beauty of it in the in the midst, of course, of uh, the tragedy around, mm-hmm. was compelling. And uh, the the music, the lyrics, those who were singing, their spirit, the pastor who got up and his heart was breaking. He could barely speak. Can't imagine the uh, the weight he was carrying. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they were touched as a congregation, and he and his wife were up there leading along with the worship leaders. And then uh, people just began to gather, and uh, you could you could again hard to put into words, but you could feel the depth of of the loss and the uh, impossibility of uh, you know providing anything like comfort immediately. But mm-hmm. uh, the need to be together at the same time, uh, people wanted to, to be together, and they would talk freely if you asked, you know, how are you? And and the uh, um, the conversations uh, began with with uh, yeah. with strangers, at least from our point of view. Yeah, yeah. And they welcomed us in. They welcomed us to be part of it. In fact, they they complimented us. They were grateful that we would come any kind of a distance to be with them, and others who came from other places as well. Hmm. Hmm. How, what can you say? You know what? What if? Uh, imagine you were speaking in in such a situation. You know um, what? What I I I have a hard time imagining anything other than just a, a kind of silence that 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 could carry the weight of what was going on. I mean, well, it begins. Yeah. Go ahead. It's just yeah. an. Uh, to begin by expressing your pain and then empathizing with the pain of those around you and mm-hmm. uh, really in just vulnerably sharing, you know, in a raw way where you are. Um, I mean, for me, it would be, it would mean a beginning like in one of the Psalms in, in which uh, mm. the, uh, the outrage, the, uh, the, the pain, the, even the sense of, of, of hopelessness that you feel at that moment, you know, would, would come out. And knowing that from the Psalms, you know, we're invited to, along with David and the others who wrote the Psalms, to um, just pour it out, unedited, uncensored. Uh, God can mm. handle it. Um, God won't be shocked. God already understands but wants to hear it. We need to say it. And mm. whether it's in words or in feelings or just uh, um, just by being present, and allowing ourselves, you know, to feel what we often deny mm-hmm. and don't want to feel is, mm-hmm. uh, is how it begins. And so, uh, yeah, that's how it, that's how it started. That's, that's what he did. And mm-hmm. his heart, his heart was uh, poured out that evening and he invited the rest of us and our, our guard came down if we had any up. Mm-hmm. So did other people, did people take part? Did people have things to say? Or was it? Just, um, uh, there were people who were sitting quietly. There were people mm-hmm. who were uh, who were crying. Um, there were people who uh, had their heads down. There were people who were singing. Mostly, were li- we were listening to the worship. It wasn't rousing worship. It was very reflective. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, um, you know, later on because the music was so beautiful, people were were singing more, and there was, uh, uh, you know, a note of kind of defiant faith. 
that, that showed up, um, defiant against the darkness, against the, mm-hmm. against the death and the death grip that uh, it felt like this community was in. That was, uh, it was all part of the experience. Again, you, you had to be there. There was a New York Times uh, journalist who was there, and we spent a little bit of time talking to him. He wanted to interview us. You know, why are you here? What did you come down? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. Uh, and he was touched by it. He wasn't just, a, a, you know, a, an objective reporter. He was hmm. caught up in it as well. I think everybody around, and by the end, there were people coming from all across the park, and I think even from all across the town uh, to mm-hmm. be part of this event. It was almost you, spontaneous. It was almost uh, kind of a flash mob, you know, huh. filled with grief. And we have to be somewhere. We have to be gathered with other people and come together. So, you know, after a long day, just exhausting to be there, but a, but a beautiful feeling to be there um, and to feel embraced um, by the mm. community that was grateful for any support they could get. And then to drive home and reflect on all of this because uh, – this uh, tragedy, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just ongoing for us as a country. We've had, yeah. you know, over 220 mass shootings this year in our country. Just thinking about that and looking up the stats themselves and 27 school shootings. And wow. uh, mass shooting is, is defined as four or more people are shot. You know, that's, that's how you mm-hmm. describe it. And, and uh, that our children are not safe in schools, and uh, we can't we can't make them safe. We can't guarantee that, and that that hurts us so much, especially as a father, as a grandfather. Now, mm-hmm. uh, you think about all of that. We have a fourth grader. That was the age, the the class that wow. was targeted, and I I, I can't yeah. imagine I held it tight when I saw her the next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it's just just hard to fathom. And and that the shooter came from out of that community too, and yeah, uh, Latino um, himself yeah. was that a surprise to some people? And you know, what what's uh, what are your thoughts about where this comes from? You know, what's behind yeah. the psychology and the the disturbance that allows that leads to something like this? Well, it comes from it comes from uh, you know my view is it comes from pure evil, but evil finds a way in. It insinuates itself. Uh, there are portals that it enters, and uh, yeah. I don't know the story of this of this young man except um, there's a broken family, and that's mm-hmm. often the case. Um, there's probably some mental illness. That's often the case. What didn't happen is there was no interception of him along the way. And there were obvious signs. And uh, I suppose it's more obvious when you look back now, but there were definitely indicators that something was wrong. Uh, the threats were there. Um, the way he himself had been treated, which uh, put him in a corner and then out of deep resentment that could not be processed in any other way, at least he didn't think so, yeah. led to this horrible plan. Wow. Wow. And it was carried out and uh, nobody stopped him. <sighs> Till it was too late. Yeah. So I uh, believe, I, I believe, as you asked me at the very beginning, you know, how do we respond mm-hmm. to tragedy? Well, I think, first of all, we have to secure ourselves. So we have to learn how to lament this. And the problem is, if we don't lament, then we're not in a place, you know, to, um, to regather ourselves and then move uh, into the direction of some kind of uh, solution, if there is such a thing. So to secure yourself, to 
allow your feelings to come, to go to God with these feelings, to pour out your pain. I was looking at Psalm 77, which is Hmm. one of the most uh, excruciating of the Psalms in terms of its explicit description of the pain that that the person is in. Um, You don't want to block it, become numb, become desensitized, and a lot of us have compassion fatigue, Hmm. for example. Hmm. On the other hand, you don't want to become obsessed and and, and panic and be so afraid now you have agoraphobia and you give in to despair and you can't go out and you just believe the worst about everyone and, uh, of course, uh, some of us fall into rage and have fantasies of revenge. Well, again, that's, that's going to make things mm-hmm. worse. So what do we do? Well, we have to cast our cares, I believe, uh, as a man of faith. And this is my experience, and it, it, it does make a huge difference. It really does to cast our cares on the one who cares for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got to come from somewhere else uh, before it then becomes part of our experience. And then we can comfort others. But we have to start there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are there any other reflections? Uh, you mentioned the drive home, and I know you did a little writing about this. Any other reflections you had after this trip that would well, be important for us? As, as we reach out in, in whatever way we can, just to be present with others, to to show them uh, compassion, um, those who have been harmed the most, which is obviously not me. I'm a bystander. I hear about it. It hurts me, mm-hmm. but... I'm not directly um, devastated as they are. I'm thinking about that passage about Rachel weeping, refusing to be comforted because her children are no more. Uh, That verse was read. That passage was read. uh, comes Mm. out of Matthew, Mm. Gospel of Matthew. Actually comes out of the Old Testament originally. um, And it happens, again, um, the loss of children is, is probably the worst, the hardest hit, the least expected and should never ever happen, and it, and it does. And we have to be part of the of of, of God's, you know, agency to comfort mm-hmm. people. And therefore, we have to find our own source of comfort first. Then we have to go because I don't think we're done yet. At that point, it isn't just about me being healed or me feeling better. Um, you know, um, the question is, you know, am I my brother's keeper? That that was a question that was asked by Cain. Mm. Once upon a time, and it was kind of almost a kind of a taunting of God, like, I'm not my brother's keeper. Yeah. Why would I right. be responsible for him? Or the uh, Pharisee who asked, who is my neighbor? And it wasn't mm-hmm. a sincere question um, because the question is answered simply by whoever is in need and you cut across their path. That is your neighbor at that moment. So to be mm. someone who uh, recognizes that as a calling to move toward the trouble, again, as we are receiving the comfort that we need, and to move toward it with confidence and with courage and with a view of uh, of seeing redemption happen. And there are too many troubled people, mostly young men, um, often fatherless, very lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a world right now, as we are, it's easy to get lost. There's a lot of brokenness in families and in people's lives, therefore, and uh, I think we need to be on the lookout for and not wait until and simply lament what happened in the past. We we need to be proactive, and uh, especially as men who follow Christ, you know, that that is definitely our call. It's not just our own children. It is the children of people around us who don't have a father or a father figure. Mm. Mm-hmm. And we need to intercept yes. them and uh, on their way to, um, you know, um, something that is going to be terrible and uh, unthinkable and and could be prevented in many cases. Hmm. 
You know, we've here at the catch, we've been talking a lot about uh, millennials and, and uh, younger Gen Z. We've been talking about um, discipling and, you know, our, our primary audience here are, are boomers. And uh, we're trying to, you know, embed in them uh, a desire and a need to, to pass on uh, their faith to to a younger generation. And uh, uh, in the context of this kind of, of what's going on, it, this seems to make, make that kind of that kind of reaching out, that kind of ministry, even more important. Would you would you obviously agree with that? It's it's urgent. It's it's a great idea. I would challenge your listeners, any of them, men or women, but especially I, I'm thinking of the men right now who may have our own tribe. You know, sort of uh, they're doing pretty well. Our clan, but um, what yep. about your neighborhood? What about your your village? You know, what about those around you that that uh, are at loose ends and are heading in the wrong direction? You know, toward the edge of the cliff, taking others with them. And uh, mm. I I think we have uh, a responsibility and an opportunity, and we have to believe. We have to put into practice this belief we have in redemption. You know, that's uniquely the gospel that mm-hmm. the, uh, the the lost cause can be redeemed and people have been redirected and that person who is heading in the wrong direction could become, you know, a champion for, for the virtues that we celebrate. We want to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've got to invest our time. We've got to take a risk. We'll get caught in the crossfire occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody will resent or reject what we're offering, but maybe later on uh, we'll have a change of heart if it proves that we're sincere and we're coming at them to do them good, not just to make ourselves look good by doing it. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, how, there, we're all so isolated. Um, how do we get out of that? How, how do we cross the barriers? They're also like the, you know, the generation gaps and all those uh, um, kinds of things that we face. Um, any, any ideas uh, how we do this? Uh, we, how do you come alongside if you sense something um, maybe in a younger person? Um, it's not easy just to start a relationship. So, um, well, yeah, well, we're all programmed to stay in our lane, unfortunately, yeah. and uh, yeah. we need to widen our lane uh, quite a bit and to recognize those barriers are man-made. They're not God-intended so I, I think it often is just by paying positive attention to someone and uh, start by asking, you know, some questions. Um, you know, we, we might think that, well, I'm older than and they're not going to respond because they're younger than, they're part of a different culture, they're, they're, uh, they're kids, and uh, it's been a long time since we could relate to, you know, their mm-hmm. place in the world. But, um, again, that older generation, whether it's one or two generations above, um, which is often missing, is so valuable and so much appreciated by so many who, when the relationship actually, uh, you know, goes deeper and uh, and the mm. connection is proven as, as, as genuine and I really do care about you and I've got some wisdom because I've lived for a while and I know that some of the things you're facing are – uh, you know, there's there's ways to handle them and relate to them and not be defeated by them. Uh, there are resources you don't know about, and I might have to team up with somebody else. And you know, we, we together we we take on this challenge of this person that we 
mm-hmm. are having a hard time finding or isn't responding, isn't connected with anybody, and, and could be, uh, again, heading in a very uh, dark and dangerous direction. So um, mm-hmm. there, there's no formula here. There's just, uh, you know, don't don't use an excuse like I'm too old or I'm, you know, I, I don't live in that person's lane or they haven't seemed responsive. Come on, we can do better than that. We can. Christ empowers us to do better than that. And and, and yeah. there will be many responses. Not always. There's no guarantees here, but there will be. And, uh, um, you know, life's going to get a lot more interesting and colorful if we do that and less predictable, but more, <laughs> but more, but richer for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you maybe know, life-changing. One of the things we've been finding out for some time now is that um, that there are actual similarities between boomers and and millennials in 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 a number of ways. Um, music, uh, entertainment shows, things like this, uh, even styles of worship. Uh, a lot of the you know, uh, we're finding that a lot of millennials really respond to the Jesus movement and uh, to some of the simple songs that were sung then and and the simple expressions, you know, uh, instead of the, the full-on huge production that a lot of churches have gone to, you know, flash pods yeah. and all that stuff. Um, have have you seen any of that? Do you do you think that there are some similarities there we can take advantage of? Well, there are the certainly the, the basics of just human interaction and what people respond to, and that's never been um, um, overly complicated. As a matter of fact, it's 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 heart to heart, and when the song or the message is coming from the heart, mm-hmm. and when we're talking about real issues, it's not contrived, it's not artificial, it's not quote unquote religious. But it's about what's happening in the real world, and of course, God's intervention in that world ultimately is is what comes through. Uh, yeah, I think we can make that connection. And when we when we can't, we just start asking questions, and we learn something about somebody else's world. So, mm-hmm. you know, fill me in. And 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 at the bottom of that, there's going to be a spiritual core that we can all relate to. There, there's no mm-hmm. question. But we might have mm-hmm. to work to get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, if if we prove our interest, and if it comes across as I I really do care, and I've got some time for you, and you matter to me, and because you matter to me, you matter to God. If that's the message that's going to come through, uh, we trust. Wow. Then wow. Um, all things are possible, and the barriers do come down. And oh, I have great. to start off by being vulnerable myself. I'm not coming as coming as the answer mm-hmm. man, as if I have it right. all together. I've struggled too. I've I've been where you are, yeah. in many ways. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, that's one of the things we're we're also finding out about discipleship. It's it's really a walking alongside, and it is. we're you know uh, we're really discipling each other um, in in a sense. We're learning. We are. We know that the benefit goes both ways mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah. And um, I guarantee you, most most if not all of these. Uh, perpetrators uh, have no one really walking alongside, at least no one who yeah. actually cares about them or has something positive in mind for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Um, but I have, a, uh, I'm not even sure I want to bring this up because it's, 
it's not a very healthy thing. But I, I, I have a, a kind of a, a joke that I've, I've said sometimes about, well, he or she, you know, he looks like an axe murderer or something like that, you know, just because you can tell something about uh, somebody who you always see, they're always alone. They, they're never walking around with anybody else. And um, it's funny, I, I'm thinking right now, I, I know one guy uh, who lives up the street from me <clears throat> that I've, I've observed that about him. And uh, so, you know, you've encouraged me to... Uh, yeah, well, isolation, to, isolation to not let certainly him be is a killer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and everybody assumes somebody else is doing it uh, or assuming yeah. that they're probably okay or... They're just kind of weird, and uh, it's okay. We're all kind of weird in some way. Let's cut across this path and find out. And yeah. uh, and God will provide something to us that we can offer this person, even if it's just mm-hmm. simple friendship, mm-hmm. which is the most valuable thing in the world, actually. Yeah, yeah. And uh, who knows? Who knows what we might uh, be able to prevent? Yeah, let's 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 find out. Let's do some prevention. We do a lot yeah. of you know reaction later, but what about prevention and sometimes yeah. even intervention because something's already begun to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then let's reflect and get back to prevention. Uh, and and the yeah. best prevention, of course, is uh, healthy relationships where God's love is experienced by all of us. And uh, now we're all going to head head in a different direction as a result of that. We all yeah. need to belong somewhere to a community that is that is uplifting us. And uh, something called the church is supposed to be that place, and we have to be an extension mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. But it's not it's not a, not a program. It's not an institution. It, it's it's not even a separate culture. But it's it's an engagement. It's an involvement. As Christ, we see him walking around. I mean, he's always walking around. He's seldom is he in a place <laughs> called a temple. And when he's there, he's often you know, calling it mm-hmm. out. Um, but he's out there, you know, mingling with people, including those who are the most troubled, whoever they happen to be, including those who are already in a very dark place. And he's not afraid, obviously. And because he lives in us, we believe, you know, um, we can Great. we can confront evil, even in its, some of its scariest forms. Because Christ is in us. That's fantastic. That's, that's right. If we believe that. Yeah, yeah. And we we have to try it. We we have to experience that to know that it's true. It's got to be part of our practice, and, and then yeah. part of our character. Yeah, yeah. Well, Doug, time's up, but this has been come on. We're just really beginning. Helpful. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. yeah. Well, thanks for bringing uh, yeah. it up. Thanks for caring enough to bring yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah, and you too. I mean, I I appreciate um, I appreciate having these things to share with us. Any I hate questions like this, but can you wrap it up? Any final word you want to wrap it up? Give us? Well, you know, when reflecting, of course, there's a whole seeking justice portion to this as well. It's not just, you know, individually intercepting, which is important, yeah. very important. Mm-hmm. It's vital. But, um, you know, as somebody once said, uh, if I see uh, my son beating up his brother with a stick, I don't blame the stick. I, bring, I, I blame my son, but I do mm-hmm. take away the stick. So... Mm-hmm. 
Uh, we've mm-hmm. got way too many weapons floating around, and some of them are military-grade, and uh, we, we, we don't need to have them circulating and certainly don't need them to be in the hands, any weapon to be in the hands. I'm not, I'm not against people owning guns for legitimate purposes, but anybody who is uh, uh, proven that they're unstable, uh, unsteady, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. that we need to be, be very careful about who we allow to own, possess a gun, because again and yeah. again and again, it's in the wrong hands, and... Uh, we just sort of say, well, we're helpless about that. Well, government has an obligation to keep its people secure, so what are you going to do for us? I know mm-hmm. there's debates about various policies. I won't get into that, of but yeah. uh, we, can't yeah. just, we can't just say, well, there's nothing we can do because um, it doesn't happen like this in most of the civilized world, quote-unquote. Hmm. Um, we're, really we're really in a bad place. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's embarrassing. Right. It's shameful for us. Hmm. And we ultimately have to lean hard into hope. I guess that's the last thing I would say. We have to lean hard into hope. We sang the song Hold On To Me by Lauren Daigle at the end of our service. And, man, was that powerful, recognizing it is a spiritual battle. But um, God's love wins in the end. And the kingdom of God is is already here, and we're to be a preview of that. So let's journey uphill against the wind, under dark skies, no matter how dangerous. You know, the destination is worth the struggle. So... Um, the one we long to see one day who will return, he is already right here with us. That's his promise. Amen. Doug, it's always great to have you. Thank you so much. And this Thank won't you, be the last time for sure. All right. I, <laughs> I can on it. Okay. Beautiful. Thank okay, you, brother. To the catch with John Fisher. Boy, that was helpful. That was good. Spread the word on this one. Lots of practical application here. Lots of things that people really care about. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, everybody. See you next week.